This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and a podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome to the Big Ed Idea Podcast, the official podcast of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southwestern Indiana. Together, we will embark on a journey of mentorship, connection, and the life-changing power of relationships. Each episode, we will learn from authentic conversations with bigs, littles, experts in the field of mentoring, and other defenders of potential. Whether you are a seasoned mentor, a curious listener, or someone considering joining this incredible community, kick back, unwind, and come along for the ride. Now... Here's our executive director, Ryan Scott. Welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Welcome back, listeners. You know, um, I rarely do this, but I think for this episode, I'm going to offer a 100% money back guarantee. Um, If you find yourself at the end of this episode thinking, man, I need my money back. Hey, just reach out to me because look, here's the thing. I am so confident that this uh, episode is going to rock your socks, uh, particularly because tonight's guest um, has been a friend of mine. Um, at least since COVID years, but you know, we met 10 years ago in a, in a completely different life. Um, but I am extremely, extremely excited to welcome my friend, um, and educational guru, Mr. Hal Bowman to the big ed idea podcast. Um, I want to make sure that, that I read his bio cause you know, uh, people in the education world, I would say probably have heard of, of Hal and I know, you know, this podcast is going to going to reach people outside of the edgesphere. So I want to make sure you know who this guy is first. Um, so after spending over two decades in the classroom, Hal has been crisscrossing the United States, helping tens of thousands of teachers and school leaders understand and shift classroom and campus culture. His work around school culture and its importance in creating the most effective environment for student success and teacher retention is unmatched. Um, Hal has two really big programs, one of which I have got to, I have got to see in like in person. Um, but those programs are teach like a rock star, be the one change a kid's life and culture shock. Um, Hal is the founder of men in education. Uh, we were definitely, um, very connected during the COVID through that, um, Facebook group. And it aimed to empower men in education with support personal growth, professional development, and community. Also, on top of all of that, Hal is an author. His books, Dear Teacher, 100 Days of Inspirational Quotes and Anecdotes, and Thank You, Teacher, are number one bestsellers and are available everywhere books are sold. So, Hal, welcome back to the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, brother. And uh, you're right, brother from another mother. And every time that picture comes up on Facebook, I got to share it where we're standing side by side and we look like children. <laughs> 10 years and ago. It's just, yeah, but that's the story when you have families and jobs and career changes and shit, man, we age in dog years. So I think since we've aged 70 years. Totally. We have. 
Yeah, we absolutely have. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, you know, when I, when I decided to do this rebrand, um, switching from an educational space to more of, you know, where I'm at now, which is mentoring. Um, yeah. You know, I, I knew that this episode had to happen. Um, you know, during, during the COVID years when we were um, involved with the uh, men and ed Facebook group, um, I remember us having a conversation around uh, tonight's topic and, and this is a topic that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but when you look at the statistics, it's uh, glaringly um, needed. So I'm really excited about talking uh, about tonight's topic. Dude, you know, here's the thing is you're right. I, it's one of the things that we don't talk about. And I have a few theories why that is. But, you know, it's, um, you know, boys are struggling. Let me just get it out there. And it is uh, at all ages, as soon as they get to school, all the way up now into late 20s. And um, and I just any platform I can get, you know, to scream it, scream it from the rooftops. If I can climb a mountain and yell it from there, I'll do it. And, uh, dude, I just really appreciate you having me on to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, you know, and, and re returning listeners know that uh, one of my fundamental beliefs is that we have to connect before we can content. Um, and, and you know, we're best friends. I mean, we, we we text each other through the week and I send you crazy ideas that I have and, you know, vice versa. But but not everybody that is listening probably knows um, this Hal guy. Um, and so here's here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of three words that describe life right now for Hal, um, completely out of professional world. So let's let's talk how um, out of professional world. Give me three words and, you know, you can explain them. You don't have to. But yeah. What are your three words? Man, outside. Here's the thing. Like, I really don't have an outside of professional world because yeah. it all goes together, you yeah, know, yeah. because what, what what I'm doing right now with um, blacksmith mentors and mentoring team boys and 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 pairing up with with these these virtuous character driven men across the nation, man, it's you know it's almost just like we used to talk about in the classroom. If if you know if for I have to be it if the, if people are going to see it, I got to show it. If I'm going to grow it in other people, so really everything um, about my life is just consumed right now. You know, in my personal life is meshed. You know, enmeshed with my professional life, and I know. That's probably not healthy, but dude, I love it. Like, you know, I love, you know, the, I remember just, I mean, just on Friday, I mean, I sat down and started working at five, five a.m. and it was 1 p.m. and I'm thinking, I have, but I just got to keep going. And um, so my three words, dude, if I'm going to go, um, I'm gonna, I might have to hyphenate some of them. I'm, uh, I might be just inspired. I'm inspired right now, okay. inspirationally okay. driven. And, um, and I think, you know, because, because I see where this, I see the downward trajectory of, of half of the nation of, of, of kids, you know, and, and what that looks like. And so that I'm driven with that. Maybe I'm also, um, I'm focused, right. I'm just really just uh, compassionately focused because of talking to parents and, and their struggles with their kids and their teen boys and, and I mean, I feel such a compassion for, cause it's almost not their fault where uh, boys have ended up. And then, um, you know, I just uh, also, because it's the new year, 
I am, uh, I'm, I'm very disciplined right now. And I think what happens with me is, uh, over the months, I get a little bit further away, a little bit further away from my discipline that I love to have in my life and my <laughs> routines that I love so much. And man, I lock it down. So I'm locked down right now. So I got my morning routines, my evening routines, and uh, I'm productive all day long. Productive all day long. I love it. Um, so how you you went ahead and, and, and kind of alluded to our listeners about what tonight's topic is. And, and, and I'll tell you, um, yeah, this is a topic that needs to be had. And this is a discussion that needs to be had. So um, listeners, lock yourself in because tonight we are going to talk about the boy crisis. Um, we're yeah. going to talk about, um, you know, boys aren't aren't faring super well and uh, they don't get a lot of attention. And, and, and Hal um, has a ton of facts and, and stories behind that stuff. Um, but Hal, I just want to, let's, let's start off from the beginning. Like, um, yeah. where, where did your, you know, where did this come from? When, when did you stumble across this, I guess? Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it just hit its for me and I, it's always been there. And, you know, I, we've all heard that, that metaphor of the, the frogs boiling in the water and they don't jump out because they don't know the temperature changes to get cooked to death it's kind of like that where you know boys have been struggling and we've all seen it at a level but you know it, it just become worse and worse just incrementally worse and worse and from the 70s and 80s and 90s and into the 2000s and now we kind of hit the tipping point where we're really at a crisis and it's just like everybody else when i'm in a school i see boys lined up to talk to the principal they're all yep. the ones that are the kids are in trouble are boys yep. in our special ed programs where it's 75 percent of kids in special ed programs are boys right you now we look at you know and and, and then you know and, and if you want to go right to the high school look at the top 10 percent of the class 70 percent of those kids are girls the bottom 10 percent 70 percent of those kids are boys valedictorians are girls Girls are going to college. Two girls for every one boy that are going is, is going to college, and dude, like the challenge is that no one's talking about it, and 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 the reason for that is That's what culturally, yeah, 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 cul culturally, what has happened systemically when when there's a challenge, you know, for any other population, you know, we go to work on fixing the system. When when there's a systemic issue, we fix the system. We have kids in poverty. We have we have programs. We're trying to work hard there. We have um, uh, uh, kids, uh, you know, from a minority. Uh, we we have programs there. Um, we when, but when it's a boy, there's nothing in place. Nothing. Think about we have right, right now we have uh, an issue. People are trying to have uh, more girls. One of our young ladies getting into STEM programs. So what do we have? We have STEM camps across the nation. There's no STEM camp for boys. Right. You know, and, and so what, what I've noticed is there's no program. And what I just, and I started thinking about all the programs I've ever been a part of to help kids. And not, not many of those programs were good for boys. A lot of girls showed up, you know, and so, and the, the thing that works for boys is a one on one meaningful connection with a strong virtuous man of character that's what i've seen and it works every time and so i decided to put this program together called blacksmith mentors where i pair up a, a boy in crisis and what that big you know what a boy in crisis typically looks like it looks like nothing mm -hmm. he's doing nothing he's yeah. sitting in his bedroom addicted to his phone 
He's not participating in school activities. He doesn't have many friends, if any friends, because they're on their phones. He's, he doesn't, he's not doing well in school. And most of all, he doesn't care. Like, I don't care that I'm struggling. And so they just don't know what to do with the kid. And so that's where we come in. Man. Yeah. You know, as, as you know, my, 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 my life prior to coming to big, big uh, brothers, big sisters was uh, as an administrator. Um, and yeah, you know, looking back both as a uh, middle school dean, um, an assistant principal at a high school and as an elementary principal. Yeah. There were tons of boys that rolled through my office. Um, and, and do you have any, like, so you had some statistics there. Um, do you yeah. have any, like, do you think that has anything to do with the fact that 25% of kids now live in houses without fathers? Like, do you think that has anything to do with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that that number is a little low. And and because I, I want to talk about a dad who's engaged and active and participating in parenting and really deep into the role of being a father. Because we have kids that we don't have a father present, but sure. we also have kids that they might be physically present. Somebody there, yeah. But that doesn't mean they're influential. Right. So, yeah, so that is a huge issue. Now, if we look at data for kids without fathers, I mean, that, do that things where things go really, you know, off the rails. But, man, if we could take a step back, and because I think, you know, everybody wants to know, well, well when, when did this start? Because even if you talk to people our age, if they, they don't know. And people, especially older than us, we talk to like our parents. They have no idea this is going on. Yeah, right. Because no one talks about it. Right. In their world, all the whole student council, all the whole student council are boys. Every kid in journalism is a boy. All the kids in after school programs are boys. That's what that's what in the mind of everybody. But what happened is in 1972, that's when Title IX came out because girls were 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 falling behind boys in terms of going to college, how they're doing academically, in math class, all those things. And we knew it. There's just a few points behind. And Title IX might have been the most effective social intervention in history because in just a few years those girls came up and they were even steaming with boys but what happened is all those programs are still in place everything's still in place and girls are thriving it's not like they're doing well they're crushing it in all phases so now when you walk into a school the very few boys, if any, is journalism, yearbook, student council. I'm just at the high school right now. You know, our numbers for playing athletic sports, uh, 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 team sports, ath athletes are are dropping. More than 60% of kids, the band, 70% of the band are now all girls. You know, boys are just not participating. And again, like, there's no cry where years ago, people were out of their mind when girls are falling behind. This is so unfair. I can't believe we're allowing this to happen. But if people found out, like if it was flipped right now, if it was flipped and 70% of the top 10% of kids were boys and, and two boys for every one girl going to college, people would be out of their minds. Yeah, right, They'd right. be in the street setting cars on fire, but no one's talking about it because you know, it's just, it's just not, it's not the top of mind conversation. And I'm telling you, man, it's an absolute crisis. It is an absolute crisis. You're exactly right. Um, here at uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southwestern Indiana, um, we have a, a disproportionate need of of boys. Uh, we have more boys um, that are on our wait list than our girls, and we have less men um, that are stepping up to be bigs in our program. And so, 
as a as a um, agency right now, we have a huge push. We're calling it the Grow Together campaign. Um, we are audaciously uh, we have audaciously set the goal to bring in a hundred new men um, into the ranks because we know um, our boys need men in order to be men. Yeah, and you know, and it's such a confusing time to grow up. And listen, man, I I mean, for think sure. think think about the world of a boy right now. Hmm. It's so. And I can tell you, man, I was just talking about this. We, uh, I remember my son when he was, um, you know, we had the girl first. That's kind of how the whole thing works because they bait you, <laughs> they bait you into having a second one. Like you think parenting's easy because you get yeah. yeah. the girl. Then you get the boy and you realize you weren't parenting. You just had a girl. <laughs> so we get the boy. And I remember being at the park. And this is how, this is where it starts. And we're at the boy. Well, I got the boy at the park. And this kid wanted uh, my boy. That he's crawling in the dirt, another kid's crawling in the dirt, and the other kid has his red ball, big red ball. And my 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 guy, you know, crawls over there and stands up, and he's grabbing this kid's ball. And the kid is like, "No, you know, it's my ball." And they're, you know, they're, they're toddlers, and they're pull, pulling the ball back and forth. And the mom yells at her son, "You need to learn how to share. That's not nice. You need to be nice and share." And I saw that, and I to this day I still remember thinking to myself, "Wait a minute." Like, what if I ran over and grabbed your stupid Starbucks latte you're drinking and started sipping on it and yelled at you, you need to share. Like, that's your kid's stuff, man. My kids shouldn't be able to take your kid's stuff. And already we're starting to break down boundaries and, you know, tell these boys you can't have any boundaries, you know. And then they go to elementary school. Oh, my God. And pushing and shoving. You know, that's a boy thing. That's the, that's the way they communicate. That's part of being a boy. And to stand in the hallway with your hands behind your back. I remember we had to elementary school. They said bubbles and tails, bubbles and tails. Yeah, that's right. Right. And what the kids are puffing for those uh, listeners don't know what it is. Seal up your lips and you puff your cheeks out. That way you can't talk and you put your hands behind your back like you have a tail. That way you can't touch each other. They do that for boys. That The reason, the whole reason to do that is because there's boys in, the, in, in line. Keep your hand to yourself. You know, and, and I remember, dude, I, I bought into this too. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I saw some school rules uh, just uh, yesterday, and, it, and they, they were they're worried about handsiness. Handsiness. That's, that, <laughs> and when you read school rules, you know who they're talking. They're ta these are written for boys. They're Absolutely. not written for anybody but boys. Right. And so, and I even got caught up in this belief too, and I became an educator just because I didn't know any better. I'm young. I'm 22, and we were after school at the time as a band director. And uh, and we're in, in the I'm waiting on you know some moms to pick up their kids at five thirty after rehearsal, and these are sixth and seventh graders, and one kid pulls a Nerf football out of his backpack, and we're playing football, and I got these, and, I'm, and of course I got the ball, and I'm they're trying, I got seven kids hanging on to me, trying to pull me down, and the principal came out to leave the school to go to her car, and she, she saw us, and she screamed at us screamed at us and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like i went into apology mode and the kids got in trouble i got had to go to her office the next day but you know what dude i still talk to these kids they're in their 40s now they still remember that they loved it of course they did playing football with you yeah playing football with your with all six of us couldn't take that guy down you know they still talk <laughs> about it but, you know, we got in trouble. And like, and so you start to learn this is it's just not a good fit. Just sitting in rows and columns, staring at the back of some kid's head for 48 minutes. We're in a modified block at secondary 90 minutes. You know, you can't, you know, it, it's, it's just really, really hard. And then when you mix in the cell phone, 
and the insane amount of dopamine that that thing can generate in the brain of a boy and floods his system with just staring at the phone. Of course he doesn't want to play team sports. Nothing can provide the dopamine rush that the phone can. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think you throw in there also, Hal. I think you throw in there, um, you know, I don't want to, a lot of people throw the term toxic masculinity around, and, and I don't know if I want to go that far. Um, I do. You do? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Let's go there, let's go There's there. There's nothing toxic. There's nothing toxic about masculinity. No. Nothing. That's a no. Th there's some dudes that are assholes. That's a different thing. It has nothing to do with masculinity. I really like, and this is where boys get, you know, um, you know, just even the messaging they get, you know, like I was, in, we were in a conversation, and 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 ladies were talking around, and they talk about, oh my god, he look at him, he's look at him, he's she's making up for something. Look at the big truck he's driving. What well, maybe big trucks are cool? What about that? <laughs> Maybe that dude is a contractor and he owns a bulldozer and he has to drag that thing to the work site. Maybe, maybe the wife of that family wanted a boat to go on the lake and he wants to make memories. So he bought a big truck to drive their big boat out to the lake for the kids. May you know, it, but we get caught up in this time. There's nothing toxic ever about masculinity, true masculinity. Right, right. But what I wonder is, is our boys getting different conflicting notion of what masculinity is? You know, you, you brought up a good point. You know, they, they, they search on the Internet and they're getting, you know, four or five different um, examples of what you're what it's supposed to be to be a man. You know, and, and yeah. then you throw in then you throw in, excuse me, then you throw in that if a lot of these boys don't have men in their lives to teach them how to be men. You know, so they're just grasping for at straws of, of what a man is supposed to be, you know, and, and then on top of that, on top of that, I think the reason we're not talking about this is because by and large, we tell boys, dust it off. You're fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And, and boys are just supposed to suck it up, pull their boots up and just trudge through. Yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it, and that's why there's um, been a rise to fame on some some people that would they, they say that their misogynist belief, you know, like maybe a year ago, Andrew Tate was in the news every day because of his, you know, antics on the Internet. And people say, well, the, well, the problem is these little boys want to be, you know, they want to they want to act like that. And that that is not true. That's what they look from the outside. What 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 boys want to be, they want to feel like that guy feels. Sure, they sure, want to have sure. the confidence of that guy. They want they want they want to have the belief in themselves that he has in himself. That's why they cling to that guy. It's not the it's not the content. It's the feeling that generates within that boy of man. I want to feel the way that guy feels. Yeah, that makes total sense. I want to be courageous. That makes total sense. You're right. So okay, so if. So we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, boys are, are obviously there's there's disproportionality in the ju in the justice system. There's disproportionality in mental health, in um, addiction, in suspension rates, in uh, college rates. We, we know boys are struggling. I mean, the statistics prove it. Um, what do you think we can do about it? So let me before we get to what we, what we can do about it is we need to look down. 
upstream or upstream a little bit more about what, what's going on after this. Because remember, what we're talking about is right now, boys between the ages of adult boys in the first chapter of adulthood, 18 to 25, 30% are doing nothing. Right. They're not in school. They're not working at all. They're fully dependent, still living with a parent or a younger sister who has a job now. They're fully dependent, doing nothing. They're they're sitting there watching their computer or their phone or whatever and vaping. That like that, that's thirty percent. That's a crazy that, high number. And then, so so the and 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 then there it's twice four times the drug use, um, four times the suicide. You know, it's ninety three percent of prisoners are are boys, man. Ninety two percent of deaths in the workplace. Or boys and men, and so the so if you look, and listen, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but if you look years ahead from now, these girls are crushing it. Yeah, who are they going to marry? Right, <laughs> right. You know, because historically, and people get mad at me, but I mean, go look at just go look at the research. Women, young women, don't marry socioeconomically and status down. They don't do that. Men, men, men have done that forever, for years. A, a very successful man, uh, a man will for sure marry a, a barista. But if you're an executive woman who went to college, got an MBA, and she's crushing it in the business world, that's who that that's the level of her expectation when it comes to a life partner to bear sure, bond sure, with another sure. family. So where, where are they? They're not there. The men aren't there. So if you look at down line, I mean, this is where we have some real issues. Yeah, I, I agree, man. You're right. As a dad of <laughs> dad of four daughters, uh, they're going to yeah. get married one day. And um, man, I you know I'm not so certain I would want my daughters marrying a a boy that had lived with his parents um, until he was 29. Uh, I, I don't right. know, but hey, that's just me. So okay, so what are we going to do about it? What can we do with how? So here's the only thing I've ever seen that absolutely worked. Well, because no one's talking about it. So if people were engaged in the crisis and focused and talking about it, I think possibly, yes, we could come up with some programs that work, but it would take a whole bunch of men. Yeah. Right now, what I see works is the one-on-one. That's it. Yeah. Like, right. the, and, and, that, and that's why, the, the, and listen, you know, back before all this started, I, my last teaching assignment, I was at a high school and, and, I, and I ran a mentoring program. It was all seniors. It was called PALS. And what we did is it was all seniors. And for one class during the day, um, they would go see their pal E. And so they had a different pal to, at, at elementary school that fed into our feeder pattern. And so, the, listen, man, the, the, the changes that would take place in the lives of these kids were, were incredible. And I think one thing that we don't talk about is what my students learn when they're seniors. And I know I couldn't say a word about it because you can't. There's no way you could tell somebody this lesson. They have to feel it for themselves. It's like parenting. There's no, I can't tell you what it's like to be a parent. You got to go no, be a parent. You wouldn't be a parent if we told you what it's like. Right, exactly. So what 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 they had to learn, and we, and we this is what we would do on the final day of the school year. Instead of having a final for those seniors for that class, we'd sit there and talk about, it, and they would realize, oh my gosh, there would come this realization that is this. They would think about how hard they work for the kid. Yeah. And we talk about what their kids' emotional needs were yeah. and the work that we did. And they realized, oh, my gosh, I became all that I gave to that kid. 
Like that's the one thing of mentoring we never talk about. We talk about changing the kid's life, which is the focus for sure. But the payoff is equally in your life. Like, you know, we th these whole things that you hear in, the, in inspirational quotes, like fake it till you make it, that shit does not work. It has never worked. It never will work. That's right. The only way that you can get that in your life is to give it away. Like you can't go buy courage off the shelf at Walmart. The way you become courageous is you encourage enough people and you become courageous. The way that you feel more loved is you instill love. You instill love in the people that you care about the most, and then you feel loved. Like That's the way this thing works. And with mentoring, that one-on-one -on -one connection, yes, thank God that kid has you, for sure. But what's equally important is your life. That's right. There's nothing in your life that's no investment that's going to pay off like this pays off. That is exactly right, man. And and. You know, big brothers, big sisters, we have this cool program. You just touched, you you kind of uh, talked about your own example of it, but we have this really cool program where we take high school um, sophomores and we pair them with elementary or middle school kids for uh, two years during the school year. And yeah. man, every single time, you know, those kids, those high school kids come in, they're like, you know, I don't know what to do. Like, can you teach me how to be a mentor? You know, and, and, and we're always just like, dude, you'll get it. Just hang out with yeah. them. That you'll yeah, get yeah. It, you know? Right. But they always talk. And people about think like, yeah, what do I do? How do I do? You get, you talk to the kid, you talk, you have a conversation. You know, there's a saying I, I use in my life a lot is that is you can't read the label from inside the bottle. And that is to say, when it's your world, you're in this crazy store you made up in your mind. You can't, for the rest of us, we can see the issue that you have because we can read the label from outside <laughs> the bottle. When we get a kid to talk, what it does, it takes all their issues, everything they're uncomfortable with, everything they're thinking about, and gets it out of the bottle so they can look at it and they can see the reality of their life and they come up with their own solutions. That's the people think with mentoring, you have to tell somebody what to do and how to do it. That's not it at all. You're just talking. They're going to figure out their own life. That's exactly right. And like you said, you are going to learn just as much through that process as that kid. You know, I, I would say, you know, um, it, 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 dude, it might be more. It, might I mean, be. it really is. No, you're right. It, it you're really right. is. And because I can tell you this, that when we when the kids come back, um, because these kids, when they're third grade and they have a pal, a lot of those kids, by the time they get to high school, now they're the pal. Yeah. And they have a pal -y have a mentee that they're going to go see. So now they're paying it forward. It's fascinating. What the what the memories that these third graders have when they're a senior about their time when they're in third grade, it almost pales in comparison when we get the kid who's now an adult and married who was their pal. They remember so much detail about their little kid. It's like their life has has exponentially, you know, their morphosis of a human being because of how much they gave to that kid. And dude, I'm gonna tell you this. So I uh, there's one of my this kid's probably 40, and I saw him on social media, and he's he has some uh, real estate um, coaching thing he does. I'm just real proud. Of him. So I wrote him. I I said uh, I, I sent him a, a a message on the phone. I said, Hey brother, you're doing cool shit. I was just thinking about you. I'm proud of you. And he wrote back, Hey man, you're making my morning. I haven't talked to this dude in 15 years. I hope you and the family are great. I think you do amazing things in your life. To this day, I still talk to people about pals and mentoring. I learned so much and I carry those lessons with me daily. Thank you for inspiring me and be a source of love and support to all those around me. Oh, dude, that's dude, so how cool is that? That is so cool. 
15 years later, he's still talking about it. Yeah. 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 Man. Um, I tell you, that is the the thing that I miss the most about being in the classroom. Um, it definitely wasn't the content. It, it, it wasn't reading um, from the basil. You know, it wasn't uh, teaching bell to bell. It was the opportunity to literally mentor kids all day long. Gosh, I miss that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It's it, dude. It's everything. And that that is the, it, it's almost it's so hard. I don't want to use the word to sell this idea to someone to be a mentor, but it, it, to, to help them understand just how much this enriches your life in every area from your, your relationships with other people to your personal life, your professional life, you live your life different because now, you know, there's one more person, you're, you're a role model for them. And it's like you level up in every area for you so you can give that to them. That's exactly right. Man, Al, as we, um, I guess, as we start to um, wind down this this very needed conversation, I want to make sure that we hit some of those statistics again, because um, yeah. the, the the listeners need to hear. Um, I'm I'm a big statistics person. Um, you know, don't don't tell me something, prove something to me, and and to me, statistics is where you prove it. And and so yeah, give us some of those statistics again. Uh, and, and I just want us to ponder those for a second. Right. Let me give you some, uh, I want to say something really controversial and I hope you don't lose your listeners, but in my <laughs> world, what I believe is there's the, the boys and girls are different. And one of the parts that is different about boys is, you know, in, in, as, as the brain matures, we all know that that frontal lobe is a few years behind. We get it. But there's a part in that brain that no one talks about. It's the part of the frontal lobe that governs impulse control. Right. Yes. For a boy brain to look like a 12-year-old girl's brain in that one area, the kid's going to be 25. Sure. So right, that alone, which makes sense if you think about like evolutionarily, like thousands of years ago, if you had to protect a village, we didn't want boys to have impulse control. Yeah. We don't want them thinking, hey, man, we might get hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go, yeah, we fellas. Just do it. <laughs> Right. And so and so like so that alone, you know, there's going to be difference in schools and behavior and everything. Now, when we look at the girls are so far advanced in elementary school just because they have a more a brain that's more suited to sitting and and, and, and learning and interacting with each other verbally without pushing and shoving. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they can talk about content. That's where things really um start to begin in addition to that what boys need for their brain is they need a, 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 a task to focus on in their early years the challenge that we're having right now is their brain is wired so much different than ours because they, they've been on the phone they've been on their tablets since there's as a baby sitting in chilies with the whole family on their devices when i was growing up Dude, we had Lincoln Logs and Tinker Toys, and we had Legos. And I had to sing this cool thing called an erector set. And what it is, it's steel, metal girders, and beams, and little bolts, and a little for hours focused on this, put passively with this hit of dopamine as a two and three year old. You know, years ago, we would see a parent, a mom or dad, pushing the stroller, and and you know, talking to the kid. Now mom's on, on TikTok. The baby's on the iPad in the stroller. You're not lying. No, no engagement. And what result? 
it's for the boy brain is just it's just a very different thing and when, and things really start to go downhill by the time even further when you get to in um you know junior high when it's time to join teams why, why would you go out for football why would you play soccer when you can get on your phone and access prank videos on youtube and porn and you know as a seventh grader like it, like there's nothing in the world that can can what they say with the when, when they look at the brain of a junior high boy and what happens when he's on his phone it looks like the same activity when a navy seal is breaching a door in combat like it's that much of a rush for for that little boy yeah so why it's would so you be outside of your house why would you leave why would your you bedroom? Leave? yeah why would you do anything right. because years ago when you and i were kids dude if you want a dopamine rush like that you had to get on your bike go get your buddy in his house Find Jump a house on construction. <laughs> yeah, you got to steal the lumber, build a ramp, break your collarbone like you're supposed to. You know, it's a whole different world with these kids. And so what we end up by the time they get to junior high, now we have four and a half times as many boys are, are suspended and expelled from girls. Seven times as many boys are in the principal's office than girls. Let me say these stats, stats again. For kids that are considered learning disabled, 73% of those kids are boys. Of all the kids taking Ritalin, 80% of those kids are boys. And I'm not saying some kids don't need it. I'm just saying a whole bunch of boys are just really kinesthetic, active kids that are hard to deal with in a, in a typical school. And so my contention is that not all those kids actually need that Ritalin. Yes, some do. For When it comes to dyslexia, five times. Boys are five times more likely to be dyslexic than a girl. 70% of our top 10% of the class, 7 out of 10 of those kids in the top 10, those are girls. 80% of valedictorians are girls. There's two girls for every one boy going to college right now. They are desperate. They are desperate for a strong, virtuous, character-driven, positive, influential man in their life amen so so important and uh just as i alluded to a little bit earlier big big brothers big sisters of southwestern indiana we have taken the charge to bring more men into our ranks um we feel very strongly that we are defenders of potential and we feel very strongly that our boys have just as much potential as our girls. But but guys, if you're listening to this, we need you. We, we, we need you to join our ranks. We need some guys stepping up and being bigs in our program. Um, outside of our program, our boys just need men. So, uh, Hal, man, I appreciate coming back on this podcast and, and, and you know, Talking to us about a, a, a subject that really nobody's talking about for the most part um, that needs to be talked about. And so, you know, my prayer is that this podcast goes viral and people are listening to it and, and, and you know, it, it brings some discussions, you know, whether you agree, whether you don't agree. I don't care. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a, you know, there's a few people talking about it, not many. There's one, uh, you know, um, Warren Farrell talked to him. He tried to talk about it a few years ago. He wrote a book called The Boy Crisis. But no one really paid attention. Just recently, a guy from the Brookings Institute 
his name was uh, Richard Reeves. He, he wrote a book called A Boys and Men, talking about all these stats and and, and and what we can do. And 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 you know, it's but just again, like you said, culturally, you know, men, boys, and young men are told you need to fix yourself, you need to focus, go get a job. What's wrong with you? You're the problem. And it's so much deeper than that. And I will say this, dude. What what I love about where we are right now, especially with your organization, specifically yours, is this, is deep down inside, I know this for a fact, every person on the planet wants, man, they, they want to be the one for somebody. They want to leave a legacy. Yes. They want to, they want to be the one that someone in their life thinks back in 30 years and says, you know what it was, man? There was this dude that came into my life. And that was a defining moment, man. The trajectory of my life changed the day he stepped foot into my life. Everybody wants to be that for someone. I think they're a little bit intimidated, you know, because it's such a, it's such a great, but it's, it's, it is, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's incredibly simple. It's not easy because you have to show up and be consistent and be and love a kid relentlessly, but it is simple. Just showing up, being there, believing in someone, loving him relentlessly, refusing to give up—that's what it's all about, man. That is exactly what it's all about. And so, to my listeners, Al could not have said it better. Our boys, um, our boys need us. So, if I have any guys out there, or in, or any ladies that might know somebody that would make an incredible big with uh, our organization, do not hesitate. Uh, hop online to. Go to uh, www.mentoringkids.org. Uh, you can fill out some paperwork there um, to be able to be a big. We would love to have you in our ranks. Um, but how, man, it has been good to talk to you once again. Um, I know this episode is not going to get any refunds because everybody that has listened is going <laughs> to find tons of value in this. Um, Hal, thank you for pouring into boys um, cause I know, you know, that's a passion of yours through your own, uh, mentoring, um, uh, mentoring thing that you're doing right now. And, uh, I want to tell you, you know, thank you for, you know, pouring into me 10 years ago. Uh, when I first saw you at, uh, teach like a rock star, I was a brand new teacher. Um, didn't know how I was supposed to act as a guy. You know, I thought I was supposed to fit in this uh, neat little box as a teacher, um, and you blew that up. And I so I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So to my listeners, I'm going to leave you like I love uh, every single time. Uh, this gentleman has been on my mind lately, particularly because he was a strong male role model in my life. Um, he was a blue collar uh, steel worker for 40 years. He was six foot six Polak, probably used way too many cuss words, but he was the best grandpa that anybody could ever ask for. So I'm going to leave you in the words of big John Janoski. And every time I would leave his house, he would say, Brian, until next time I will see you in the paper. If you've found value in our discussions and believe in the power of mentorship, please consider contributing to our mission your financial support plays a crucial role in what we do. To make a contribution, visit our website at www.mentoringkids.org. Every donation, big or small, 
goes a long way in helping us to defend the potential of all kids within our six county footprint. Once again, thank you for being a part of this community. Your support means the world to us. Together, we can create a ripple effect of positive change. Stay inspired, stay motivated, and remember, we are better together.